Good day, everyone, and welcome, Cupcakes, to this episode of Cupcake Media and Education Street. I am your host, Master Shake. I'm flying solo again once again because Techie went to Tijuana, and we have no idea if the boys from Sinaloa got him or not because he has not come back, and we don't know where he is. If you did catch our last episode regarding how the Taliban captured Afghanistan so quick, we're going to be diving into this a little bit more because this has been the greatest shit show ever in United States history. I mean, I would say worse than losing the Vietnam War. I would say that this debacle is worse than Iran-Contra. It's got to be the number one worst fiasco and screw-up by any Congress and any presidential administration. Except I would have to say that Jimmy Carter would probably be number one because he ruined the United States, he ruined the country of Iran. He destroyed everything. I mean, ironically, Joe Biden is just as old as that old fart from like 50 years ago, and we're seeing similar things happen where a country gets destroyed, inflation is at an all-time high, you know, just things aren't going too well. So let's do some follow-up from Afghanistan. If you watched the last episode, wonderful. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you watch it because we really deep dive as to what happened there. Right now, I think the first thing that should be on all of our minds is where the F are the Afghan forces, the Afghan army? Where is their military? They are nowhere to be seen. There are 300,000 Afghan military service personnel. And they're nowhere to be found. You think if you had 300,000 troops, you could control at least five cities. I'm just saying. Five provinces, right? Where are they? Right? Th this is a question that no one wants to answer. I haven't heard anyone from fake news mainstream media, whether it's CNN or Fox News, I haven't heard anybody ask this question, which is where the F did the Afghan personnel go? Like, where the fuck are they? Right? That's one. I think... You know, the other day we saw our commander-in-chief, instead of acting like a true leader and standing by his decision, you know, he's completely avoiding why the United States pulled out of Afghanistan so hastily. And instead is telling everybody that they should get booster shots. And when you speak to your own doctors and scientists, they don't know if that's the right thing to do right now, if you need a booster shot. We know that the... For example, the vaccine has certain issues, right, in terms of long-term immunity. But, I mean, who, who gives, about, who gives a, a, a rat's ass about a booster shot? Why can't he answer the questions correctly, right? And this is my issue with being a referee. You know, it doesn't matter if you liked previous President Trump or if you hated him. There was a certain way that the media and people for four years treated our president. And I think... I think the sad thing behind that is that the people who have like this progressive phobia that we've not made progress in society, what they don't realize is that right now in Afghanistan, if you want to make fun of your Taliban leader, you're going to get your head chopped off. So they should really take, you know, joy and appreciate their liberty that for four years we got to ridicule one of the most prestigious 
one of the most prestigious positions of power in the world. And for four years, we would completely ridicule a president for not answering questions. And now we have another one in where he has completely destabilized a region even more and doesn't want to answer the questions. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot to be said about that. Remember, if you care about the environment, buy one of these guys from Japan. They're amazing. Get to put water in it. They don't sponsor me. I'm just saying. But if Zojirushi wants to sponsor us, we would love it because we love your products. So come back to Afghanistan. I think the first thing is where is their army, right? Now, we know that between like, you know, Kabul, Herat, and, and one other city, you know, these are the three biggest cities in Afghanistan. You know, Afghanistan, Afghanistan has a population of about 37, 38 million people. You know, you, you have like a third of the population live in these three big cities. Where is the army? Where is the resistance, right? Now, we know that the people in these cities, because they were the, the ones who most heavily profited off of, you know, uh, the new Afghan government that had formed over the last 20 years from the beginning of, uh, of Hamid Karzai to this douchebag Ghani who had just left and with U.S. occupation forces being there, they're the ones who really benefited of it. But outside of those three cities, like we said, in the north, the Taliban was really the shadow government ruling for a long time. They were the ones in control of northern territories. They were the ones in control of the southern territories bordering Pakistan, right? They had commerce. These guys have been self-funded, right? What we have to look at scientifically is how they're able to re-emerge. If they didn't have control, they wouldn't have any ways of making money as well as they did where they were able to go and fund their 80,000 troops and their followers and be able to take over the city. So these are things that people want to neglect. We were reading the other day in the Wall Street Journal that, that U.S. command and, and U.S. forces and our own lazy Congress have known for 10 years now or even 20 years that many members of the newly formed Afghan government, which had been in power for 20 years, were highly corrupt, that members of the military and, who were in positions of power were highly corrupt. My question is, what took you so damn long to tell everybody about it, right? If you knew these people were, were a threat and were jeopardizing our mission of stabilizing Afghanistan, why the fuck were they still in power? We should have removed them completely at that point and... This kind of comes into something else, right? This shows how democracy, unfortunately, fails even when given the opportunity. People knew Ghani was a complete idiot. I think at least that's the, the sentiment that I get. But yet they voted for him twice. Under what grounds was he such a good leader? He didn't control anything outside of, of Kabul and, 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 you know, Herat and, and their, their third largest city in which I forget the name, but you guys can all Google it. And I apologize for it, but he didn't control anything outside of that. So what made him a great leader? A great leader would at least have dominance of at least 50%, 60 70% of their country. So this unfortunately shows that when we bring democracy to a country and you have people from an old world mentality of going, I'm going to reap and rape and pillage everything my new country is working for. Well, not my new, because Afghanistan is, is, is technically over like 200 years old. The land's been there for a long time, but once again, it used to be part of the Iranian empire up until about 200 years ago. But, you know, when you have people from this old world mentality, 
right? Going like, I'm gonna go and take everything for myself. These people should never be allowed in power. Like if they honestly had put 12 monkeys in power and you just gave them like darts to throw at in order what decisions they should choose, I guarantee you the outcome would have been much more uh, beneficial to Afghanistan. You know, the images we saw were heartbreaking, right? We saw people clinging on to, you know, onto C-130 airplanes. I believe they're C-130 airplanes, and I apologize if it's wrong once again. Well, on U.S. military cargo planes falling from the sky to their deaths. I want to say something about to all the cupcakes out there who think America sucks, and this is just a separate rant. I think... You know what? I will gladly accept any of those people sacrificing their lives who want to come to America and have a better life. I will gladly take any one of those people to come and live in the United States over the pieces of shit who keep saying that America is a terrible country, that we've made no progress, you know, that we should go and completely tax the crap out of all the people who work so hard for these people who are fascist liberals or not liberals. They're fascist liberals who keep saying how, you know, we have to defund the police and that this country is a piece of crap, okay? I, I will gladly take any of those people who are willing to fly off of an airplane to come and live in this country, and we will do a citizen swap. We will take all the people who think that America sucks and it's the worst country in the world. We will gladly send you to the Taliban where you can live the rest of your lives if you make it past two days of living. I will gladly accept them. And I think anyone who listened to this this should be an eye-opener. If America was so bad, why is it these poor souls were clinging on to a fucking airplane? It is so heartbreaking to see that. You know, and you have people here complaining about how this country sucks. It's the worst place in the world. Okay, you know what? You think that's the case? I will gladly pay for your plane ticket, and you can go land in Kabul in 48 hours. Just saying. And I will gladly take any of their people who want to come and live here. I think people in America need a damn wake-up call to realize how precious this place is and why we must do a better job of making this country even better because it's been at a stone walls, like stagnant pace for the last two decades while China has been kicking our ass. And we really got to wake up. We really got to become more civilized, you know, and I see things that I've never seen. The, the amount of road rage, the amount of people trying to kill each other on the freeways, the level of crime, this insanity has to stop. If it doesn't, I think we should export all those people to Afghanistan and other countries so that they can really appreciate how lucky they were that they can even have road rage and not have any consequences about it. You know, Let, let's, let's lead by example. Let's show the world what America is about. We're not a bunch of savages. We're not a bunch of wild, like wildlings running around in our expensive cars and trying to act like a bunch of idiots. We're not, we're not, we're not barbaric people who litter you know, our streets and throw our trash everywhere. Let's get a little civilized. It's 2021. You know, it's time to stop eating your cupcakes and it's time to start appreciating your country and take caring of it. Criticizing your country is very different from saying it sucks. We may criticize and complain about the fact that there are certain things we voted on, such as high-speed rail in our communist state of California, and yet those votes never got recognized, and that is heartbreaking because how does that make our leadership any different from a dictator who is running their country or a group of dictators and tyrannical people who are out there not allowing their people to express their right? That's all we're saying. Criticism is very different 
from saying it sucks. So back to Afghanistan. We have no idea where the military is. We have no idea where they went. Um, I think, you know, I think the Democrats are in a big, big pile of elephant poo. Like, just ginormously high. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And they haven't come up with any good reason as to why they left so, just so hastily. I think this is going to bite them in the butt. Um, the backlash that the world, I mean, the world thought, you know, there, there's a lot of resentment, you know, towards President Trump. But right now, I think the world's just going, how is this, how can they go from that to this and make such a stupid mistake? This is just, the humanitarian crisis is absurd. Now, I spoke with some people in Iran, and I just want everyone here to understand what they see. Because Afghanistan was once part of the empire, there are a lot of Afghans who have lived in Iran for the last hundred years. And a lot of Afghans also left Afghanistan during the Afghan Civil War in the 90s, and they came into Iran. They said the last 20 years presented an era of potential hope in making Afghanistan better. A lot of them, a lot of the Afghan Iranians were going back and forth between Mashhad and Herat and, and going to Kabul. And Mashhad is a city in Iran, by the way, okay, because it, it borders close to Afghanistan. And, and they're talking about how a lot of these people, their, their lives were, were greatly, were able to greatly improve economically and, and just socially and spiritually because their country was moving at a forward pace. There's somewhat economic progress, even though there was a, a lot of thievery going on by, by high-ranking members of the Afghan military and, and, and government. And they're happy. And right now they said in the last 48 hours, the sentiment has been as if their entire country has been nuked. And I said, what do you mean? They said, people there just feel so abandoned. He said, you could tell who all the Afghani people are because they're the ones laying in the middle of the roads and streets, crying their souls out. And we're trying to comfort them. They said, we're trying to comfort them, just telling them it's okay, you're here. Like, you know, but they go, look, we have friends, we have family there, we have businesses there, we have businesses here that did businesses over there. What's going to happen? Like, they feel as if they have lost their country. They said, it's, they're like, it is so heartbreaking. And I want you to visualize this. Imagine you're walking down the street and you see like a, like, a hundred people crying their eyes out, crying their souls out, crying everything that is so important to them out of their bodies. They're just completely demoralized. And, and it's so heartbreaking to hear that. And I want you to just really visualize because that is what the current administration has done. It has ripped the love and the the aspiration and 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 just the 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 complete sanity out of people out of their souls it has ripped their love has ripped their peace has ripped their joy out of their souls and they're crying it out and i think that's what a lot of people don't do not understand and and, and do not see out here you know the situation that women there is going to be very for lack of a better word, interesting. Let's see if, if they are able to maintain their rights or if things are going to regress for them. I, I think for a lot of women out there, it's so heartbreaking because a lot of them, this was the first time they were able to go to school. This was the first time that they were able to have businesses. So there's going to be a lot of regression there, which is very, very heartbreaking. So 
there are some consequences that, that we're going to have to deal with. If the United States says we had to pull out because we need to dominate Asia-Pacific and counter China, that is true. That is true. But the way we did this was so bad. And Ghani, the ex-president of Afghanistan, who is in Dubai now, I think he should be brought to the International Court of Justice and he should be put on trial for abandoning his people and we should find out what the hell happened. Why his military completely is absent. Where are they? Because there's a strong... From what we hear, a lot of the members of the military, they join hands with the Taliban. And that's, that's terrible if they did. But the ones that didn't, where, where are they? That's, that's what we want to know is where, where are they? I think right now, you know, what's even more alarming is that you have a lot, a lot of members of the, of the Taliban. Dude, they're walking around with M16s. They got night vision goggles. They got, you know, uh, 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 APCs, ar armor personnel carriers, which are these giant cars, which are fully encased in armor. I mean, we have modernized the Taliban army in a matter of seven days. They got all the goodies that they were never able to get before, and they have a stash of them. And chances are they will find people like the Chinese to maintain their equipment. So right now, China, you know, why this is major blowback also is China is investing heavily right now in Afghanistan. The Taliban is there, and ironically, they're investing with the Taliban. That should say a lot about what is important to the Chinese government. They don't care about people. They care about what's good for them. They don't care about the suffering of a country because it doesn't affect them. It's... They only care about how their country and their military and their people can benefit. So this is going to be alarming. A lot of our technology is going to go to the Chinese right now, militarily. And this is going to create an issue because we all know they are the number one copycats in the world. So this is going to pose another military challenge. We were having a discussion with some friends the other day about this whole debacle. And one of the things that, ar that arose was, you know, it, the question that I, that I brought up was, it's rather China wanted us to pull out, right? So that they can go in there. Or China knew that we would pull out so that they could still go in Afghanistan and establish uh, a presence in the country. Now, geographically, it's not the best spot. But it, you got to look at it from the Chinese perspective. India is becoming more of a threat with China. They're having a lot of border skirmishes. They're having a lot of issues. Give me one second. We have a little issue here. And we are back. I apologize for that. We had a little alarm going off. We had to reset it. So, you see, Afghanistan, in terms of a geographic location, isn't the best. It's hard to travel through. It's full of mountains. It's not somewhere where, like, you want to be if you're trying to establish dominance, especially in a war. Now, as I said, you have to view it from China's perspective. India has become a major problem for them. India is getting a lot of massive U.S. investments militarily. The, the United States is trying to bring India's military up to par with the Chinese um, because 
and India is kind of seeing that they need U.S. help because their country never progressed the way China did, even though the two countries from a geographic standpoint and from a population standpoint are very similar. They've had a lot of border skirmishes. The Chinese are actually taking like disputed borders between India and 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 China. They're taking disputed borders away from from the Indians. They're trying to at least by just establishing flags and building cities like within a matter of days and putting Chinese residents in there so that say this belongs to China. So Afghanistan is unique because it borders Pakistan and Pakistan borders India. So in terms of for the Chinese to have a better strike force capability being in Afghanistan is going to be critical. Also, we don't know how the relationship between Afghanistan and Russia is. Right. So kind of now Afghanistan, you know, now China and Russia do border each other. Right. But by going into Afghanistan, it puts them in another area where kind of gives them a little bit more capabilities, which brings them closer to the, you know, former USSR countries. But in terms of being in Afghanistan, if things go bad with Russia, the Chinese have more options as to how they can counter two regional giants and one superpower, which is the Russians. So the Chinese are benefiting heavily from, from, from this fallout that we've had. If the Biden administration tells you that we, have, that we had to pull out because we have to counter China, they are correct. But where they fail is that we should have not, we should have not pulled out of the country until we cleaned up the mess that was in Afghanistan with Ghani and military officials and police officials and members of parliament, that should have all been taken care of. Now, I want to remind everybody, unfortunately, President Trump did sign, he did sign a peace treaty with the Taliban. So this kind of puts us in a weird spot. Biden is correct for coming out of the country, but not the way that he did. U.S. presidents always change their minds with peace treaties and negotiations all the time. I think what we should have done, and I said in the last episode, is we should have had an international peacekeeping force so that it would have looked like the U.S. is out of Afghanistan. But when they're, under, when they're there under an agreement with the Afghan government, under the guise of an international peacekeeping force, this would have allowed a better transition to happen. Also, it would have allowed us more time to be able to get rid of the terrible stench of people that were in Afghanistan. And when I mean stench, I just mean the corrupt officials, okay, that were there who have betrayed their people. All those officials and military members who have not been present during this Taliban takeover, they should be in jail. They should be in jail. Um, on a funny, not funny, on an ironic, sad note, uh, people from Iran were telling me that there are mass, there were images of the former Afghan president, Ghani, leaving Afghanistan, going to Tajikistan in like three or four cars filled with money. And he's went on, you know, TV the other day, you know, as, cause he just went to the UAE telling people he didn't take the money. Well, last time I checked, Dubai is not a very cheap place to live. It's one of the most expensive places to live in the world. Ironically, it's more affordable than Los Angeles, and it looks like it's from 2,522, while we look like we just came out of like 
the Civil War. Um, but he's in Dobe. Like, the average person, like, if you make $200,000 in Dobe from, I know people who live there, they tell me, like, that's considered poor. Isn't that fucking crazy? That if you make $200,000 in Dobe, you're considered poor. Okay, so Ghani is living in Dobe right now. This guy didn't care about Afghanistan. He was just there to milk the money like any corrupt politician would. Him and like Emperor Newsom of California should have, you know, they should be doormates for all I care because they're no different. They're, they're, they're two different animals bred from the same, you know, created from the same damn cloth. You get the same result. Terrible politicians who create ter terrible outcomes, who create ter terrible results, who don't give a shit about their people or their country, and in our case, you know, our state. But why isn't anyone talking about that, about Ghani leaving in a caravan of cars with money going to Tajikistan first and then going to Dobe, right? No one wants to talk about that. Like I said, this guy should be brought to the ICJ and should be put on trial. Him and all his leading commanders should all be put on trial. They, they abandoned their country. Now, if the president of the United States right now says, you know, we had to leave Afghan, uh, uh, Afghanistan to, to go counter China because, you, because we don't want U.S. troops fighting for a country in which their own people don't want to fight for, you know what, you can give him credit on that. Because why should U.S. personnel risk their lives for a country in which the people are not willing to fight for it? The designated people are not willing to fight for it. It's not fair for our troops to do that. It'd only be fair if, if those people are willing to put in the same effort. Now, this raises a question. Is South Korea prepared to fight against the North, or are they heavily reliant on U.S. military personnel? And that's something that we have to consider, because that is the only other country where we have such a massive... Uh, troop deployment and where another country relies on us i think the south koreans might be okay i mean technologically they're far superior than the north but so so was the afghan army and where were they where were they to be found so if our president says you know we didn't want, we're tired of risking u.s service women and men's lives to go and potentially die in a country where, the own, where their own police and military did not want to risk their own lives, he's absolutely correct. You can give him credit on that. But that raises another question. Why the fuck weren't these people ready to defend their country? Did they not care about Afghanistan? Or were they only thinking about their own pockets? I think at Cupcake Media, if we really have to summarize what's been going on, is that it is so heartbreaking to see all these people risking their lives to come to the United States as a U.S. citizen. Those are the type of people I want in my country. I don't want cupcakes who keep saying that this place sucks because that sucky-wucky mentality is the reason why there's so much homeless in California. That homeless mentality starts with people who, who, who think that, you know, you know, it starts with people who, who, who are just so self-entitled and think they're so precious when they're not anything. Because when I see people throwing trash out their cars, I'm going, this is why we have homeless problems in, in California and other democratically elected cities and, 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 and states. Because 
We are no different than the homeless. We are the spark to that ignition that creates this forest fire. The mindset is no different. You can't get mad at a homeless person throwing stuff on the street. That's all they know. But where do they learn that from? They learn that from the people who have a normal life, a normal life, quote unquote, for the people on Spotify. So I would gladly take any of those Afghani people who want to come here and actually do some positive change in our country by becoming lawyers and engineers and businesswomen and men and doctors and educators and all the crap people here who think this is the worst place on earth. I hope your eyes have been open as to how grateful you should be and how beneficial you should be. Those people, once again, in recap, they should get moved. I think we have to really, really figure out what happened here. I think... One thing that we have to consider as, we, as we're trying to wrap this up is why is it our members of Congress have not changed in the last 20 years? The same people who voted on this war are the same people now who have put us in this debacle. I don't think these people understood the severity of the situation in Afghanistan. I believe that military generals and, high, and all military high-ranking members of the military and our intelligence services should not become politicians. What I mean by that is that I think intelligence got watered down because certain people in power who, who had that power to, to, to confront Congress had to all of a sudden become politicians. That should stop. Because what's happening is that the intelligence is becoming babied down for a bunch of fucking senior citizens who are running our country. The senior citizens in Congress all have to go. They just don't understand what's going on in the world anymore. Okay, you're 80 years old, right? When you get a threat assessment that like, and someone tells you, and we have to water it down and tell you, yeah, there's a probability that maybe the Taliban might take over like parts of the country versus we're in deep elephant poop. And if we don't stay there, this country is going to fall. It's going to become a safe haven for bad things. It's going to jeopardize our mission. China's going to establish bases like, because they can't, they can't process all that, dude. Like, they're, you know, half of them are, are, are on hormone medications, you know, and the other half are, are on Viagra just so that they can go to the strip club. Like, that's all they can think about. They don't have the brain capacity to understand how the world has changed. So our members of Congress have to go. How can the same idiots from 20 years ago still be in power? That's our problem as Americans. I hope that kind of sheds some light as to how we are part of the problem is what happened in Afghanistan. We kept electing the same idiots for the last 20 years. And that's what you get. And our high-ranking members of military and intelligence services, they should, not, they should not be put in a position where they fear their job so bad that they have to become semi-politicians to politicize threat assessments and the future of people and countries and nations in order to appease a politician so that a politician doesn't get mad. No, I think generals and high-ranking members of the military and intelligence services, all members of the military, I take that back, and all, all members of the military with high-ranking generals and all members of intelligentsia should do their jobs and not worry about being politicians. Do your jobs. Don't worry about being a politician. This has to stop as of right now so that we get the best the so that we get the best intel humanly possible we really have to see how china is going to benefit 
We strongly believe that the Taliban who've been there for 20 years have studied our tactics. The members of the military uh, of Afghanistan who betrayed their people and their country are going to, and the ones who've aligned themselves with the Taliban, are going to now sell our training tactics to China. The Taliban's going to give the Chinese intel as to how our movement was, and he combined that with the training that the Afghan military got and how they have aligned themselves with the Taliban and how this, how, how this key you know, intelligence of our tactics is now being, is going to get exported, is going to put a, 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 is going to basically be a major threat to how our military operates. We have to rewrite the playbook, the playbook, apologies there. We must rewrite it. We have to bring everyone home and come up with a new strategy and a new way of doing business that no one has ever seen. And we're not going to put that shit on TikTok, Instagram, no. It's going to be in a fucking binder. And that's it. And people are going to memorize it. And that's all we got to know. And then we burn it. No proof of evidence anywhere so that no one can copy us ever again. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that region. Right now, you know, the Iranian government is, is I think, trying to take advantage. Well, not take advantage. You know, they're, they, with Russia and, and, and China, I think they're trying to create some stability into Afghanistan. But there are a lot of Iranians who fear that if things don't go well, they might be dragged into a war that they don't want to go into. Because what a lot of people don't know is 20 years ago, the Taliban executed many members of the Iranian government when they were asked to go to Afghanistan to try to, you know, create some negotiations and, and, and some business dealings to help improve the country at the time. And they killed them. And a lot of Iranians have not forgotten about that. And so they worry as to what will happen. They worry what happens if the Taliban start trying to come into to Iran. And they started trying taking land away. Now, it'll be very hard for them, but it's a worry that they have. So this can create some unnecessary instability if things go wrong. I really think that the United States and the United Nations should really step up. But the United States and our allies should really consider having an, inter an international peacekeeping force there. And the United Nations really has to step up. They're, they've just been so absent. I don't know why they get any funding anymore. I, I'm a profound believer in the UN for everything it stands for and what it does, but they've just sucked at their jobs in the last two decades. I mean, they've really sucked. They can say they can do a good job, but you know what? Show me the results. And the results speak for themselves. It's been failure after failure after failure for the most part. So, you know, on that bombshell note, we, we really hope that you guys enjoy this. We, we hope that you guys enjoy that we're trying to expand your breadth of vision, your, your, your horizon, and try to see things from angles that might not be being portrayed to us correctly and to view it from an angle that is not, quote-unquote, fully American, but a little bit more international. Um, and please, click subscribe. Click subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us. Give us a thumbs up. Leave comments. Let us know how we can do our job better. We really appreciate it. 
And uh, in the meantime, have a great day, everyone. We look forward to seeing all of you in the next episode. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Cupcake Media. Take care. What the fuck